Welcome to Trinity Presbyterian Church Owasso Sermon Podcast. Grace changes everything. All of you have been called in God's wisdom, in His order of salvation. You have all been called to trust in Him. And some of you, He's even calling through watching this service to help heal you of past trauma and experience of a church that didn't live up to its calling. He is calling you and he is drawing you in to trust his faithfulness even more and more. And notice what the text says, how he does that. Paul writes this. Ephesians is the first of his prison epistles written around 60 AD. And he says that I, a prisoner, he was literally a prisoner. That's not metaphorical. He was a prisoner in prison at the time for the Lord. And he urges us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling prisoner is not metaphorical. He is a real prisoner, but the word walk is to live out the gospel, to walk in line with the truth of the gospel. How does he tell us to do it? With all humility. You know, humility in the Greek world was not a virtue. It was a vice. And today, dare we say, it is a vice as well in the eyes of the world, isn't it? This is the day when we pursue power, political power, social power, economic power. But God has called us, every person in this room, and me, to follow the example of Christ, who did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself and became nothing, even the form of a servant. So also he calls you to do the same. Through a thousand little decisions that you make at work and home and in your neighborhoods and at school, he calls you to consider others better than yourself. How can we do that? We can do that because we know the first part of Ephesians is true, that he has called you since before the dawn of time to be his. And he has set upon you an identity that is undefiled, it would never spoil, it is unfading, it is kept in heaven for you, that you are a Christian. There is no better name to have upon you than that of a little Christ. It gives you the ability to say that you are indeed a son of the Father, just like Christ is, though you are not perfect as Christ is, but you inherit all the rights that Christ has because Christ accomplished the work for you so that you might be able to be reconciled to God. And as Nathan encouraged us earlier, and even as Daniel read in Acts chapter 14 and in Acts 6, and as Chuck has called us to, what arrogance it is to assume that we have brought anything to the table because the Lord is infinitely holy. And when he calls sinners, he calls us to recognize his infinite holiness is also complemented by an infinite goodness that he reached down and he saved us. And so humility should mark us. Also gentleness, humility and gentleness, they go together. This is not that you act a certain way or look a certain way. It is that you are able with courage and compassion to enter into a situation and use your words in a way that builds up and points them back to the gospel. You gently take, if you've ever had a broken bone, that cast gently helps that bone heal as you point them back to the gospel. You do it gently. Nobody sets a broken bone by resetting it hard. You do it gently over time. And so your words to one another ought to be words of gentleness and of love. And today, perhaps better than any other time in the last 50 years, you have an opportunity, members of Trinity Presbyterian Church, and those of you who are here who will be future members of this church, 
to use your words of gentleness in a way. Lord, set a guard over the door of my lips and let my heart not be drawn to what is evil. Gentleness is used in behavior and it is assumed to be part of our speech. With patience, of course, we know that that's the first mark of love in 1 Corinthians 13. We bear with one another in love. He makes it explicit and connects patience to love here. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What would it look like if a church, if a church was able to make major transitions from a church plant and a gym to being an established church in a building? What would it look like if the same spirit, the same gospel, the same proclamation of the grace of God was what marked it? Not the fancy new building, not the cool structures of community group, but by people who believed and hoped in the finished work of Jesus. That marked them wherever we worship, in the gymnasium, in a beautiful building, in the catacombs. That marks us. That is the sine qua non, the that which out which we are nothing principle of this church. And he has given to the church apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Each of you, each of you have a different refraction of the beauty of Christ that I and my children and my wife and my members of the community group need to see in you and you need to see in us. All of us, all of us are absolutely critical to this church and yet none of us is indispensable to her because Christ is the one who rules with judgment and with equity as the head of the church. Imagine what it would be like to be part of a church you've always wanted to be a part of. That was zealous for meeting the needs of those in our community. That was empowered by the preaching of the gospel. That so changed our hearts that it melted us with a sense of humility. That recognized that Jesus doesn't need, that he doesn't need any one person in this church. He's the head of the church. But what would it be like if you're a part of a community of faith that was so countercultural, so cruciform, cross-shaped, that you begin to see the indispensable value of community in your life, the life of radical individuals? What would it be like to be the kind of church you belong to be a part of? Friends, you have the ability to make it such. Not the elders of this church. They're going to hold the gospel before you and ask you to continue to come around it. Because what does it say here? Their jobs, the leaders of the church, verse 12, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Who does ministry in this church? Members of this church. The pastors govern, I mean, the elders govern, the deacons serve, the staff facilitates, but it is the members who do the work of ministry. And we have seen that in the past several weeks of our church where some of the elders have not been able to get to people and you have stepped up and you have done the work of ministry. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. May it be even more. Until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. In Greek, verses 11 down through 16 is really one sentence. I cut us off after verse 13, but you can read the whole of that section. This is, these are all the things that God has given to us, and he invites us into community with him. And so if you're here, friends, and you are still skeptical about the claims of Christ, bring the skepticism to him. He can handle it. If you're here and you're discouraged, bring your discouragement to him. He can handle it. Because as you prepare to come to the Lord's table, it is through a shared meal with him that he reminds us that he is enough. 
And so as we prepare to come to the table this morning, would you please come as those who are marked by humility, those who are marked by gentleness, those who are marked by patience, who beareth one another in love. And as you circle up around this, these four tables in a minute, look at the people in the eye that you're about to take communion with and say, I am indispensable to their spiritual maturity and they to yours because we need each other as we refract and magnify the beauty of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ in this community. Amen? Amen.